Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. We would love to help you plan your visit, so we encourage you to visit our website at www.cccciv.org for service times and our events calendar. Or get the app. You'll find the Christ Community Church IV mobile app in your app store for Apple or Android devices. Okay, Psalm 44. I'm going to read the entire psalm. Is it okay if I read scripture in church? (laughs) Some of you all can't handle more than one or two verses. You need to start (laughs) reading chapters, amen? Not many read a chapter from the pulpit anymore, but I'm going to. Oh God, we have heard with our ears, our fathers have told us, What deeds you performed in their days, in the days of old. You with your own hand drove out the nations, but them you planted. Israel, they planted. You afflicted the peoples, but them you set free. Israel. For not by their own sword did they win the land, nor did their own arm save them. But your right hand and your arm and the light of your face, for you delighted in them. You are my king, O God, ordained salvation for Jacob. Through you we push down our foes. Through your name we tread down those who rise up against us. For not in my bow do I trust, nor can my sword save me. But you have saved us from our foes and have put to shame those who hate us. In God we have boasted continually and will give thanks to your name forever. But you have rejected us and disgraced us and have not gone out with our armies. You have made us turn back from the foe and those who hate us have gotten spoil. You have made us like sheep for slaughter and have scattered us among the nations. You have sold your people for a trifle, demanding no high price for them. You have made us the taunt of our neighbors, the derision and scorn of those around us. You have made us a byword among the nations, a laughingstock among the peoples. All day long my disgrace is before me and shame has covered my face at the sound of the taunter and reviler, at the sight of the enemy and the avenger. All this has come upon us, though we have not forgotten you and we have not been false to your covenant. Our heart is not turned back, nor have our steps departed from your way. Yet you have broken us in, in the place of jackals and covered us with the shadow of death. If we had forgotten the name of our God or spread out our hands to a foreign God, would not God discover this? For he knows the secrets of the heart. Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. Awake, why are you sleeping, O Lord? Rouse yourself, do not reject us forever. Why do you hide your face? Why do you forget our affliction and oppression? For our soul is bowed down to the dust. Our belly clings to the ground. Rise up, come to our help, redeem us for the sake of your steadfast love. And Lord, we ask that you bless your word to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, a number of years ago when I first started pastoring, I received one of those phone calls late at night that every pastor would hate to receive and it was a nurse from the emergency room and she went on to tell me that a member of our congregation a young lady was there with two police officers at the time and her baby had just died he was at least eight months old if I recall right 
and so I jumped in the car. I'm only about two minutes from the hospital. We chose our location well when we moved to El Centro after planning the church. We're five minutes from the church and, well, ten minutes if we hit red lights, but we're one to two minutes from the hospital, depending on the lights themselves. So I made it there fairly quick, and I remember walking into the emergency room and down the hallways and the final corridor I was going down, she was probably on the fourth door on the left, and the door was shut, and I could hear the screams coming through the door as I was walking up to the door. And as I opened the door, there she was. She had her baby wrapped in a blanket, and there were two police officers there, and she was wailing uncontrollably. Uh, the two officers were not sure what to do at that point, and to be honest with you, I wasn't sure. The only thing I knew to do was to pray, but when I mentioned her name, she looked up, and her eyes were distraught. There were tears running down her cheeks. And she said to me, why? Those were the first words out of her mouth. Why did this happen to my baby? And I don't have an answer for that. I didn't then. And the only thing I knew to do was to throw my arms around her and to pray with her, which I did and comforted her there. But I remember going back to my house and sitting at my house and asking the Lord, why? Why? We struggle with those questions. The problem with which we wrestle with this morning is not an isolated one. It's a universal one from the spank of the doctor when we draw our first breath of air to our closing gasp on earth, we experience pain and suffering. Wherever we've gone on the face of this planet, we've encountered tears shed and hearts that were broken. And the question that's bugged people all through the centuries is why? Why is there suffering? Uh, in fact, it is the atheist most common argument against the God we serve because God is all-powerful and God is all-loving as the Scriptures declare. And their argument is if the God you believe in is really all of that, then why is there suffering? And we've all wrestled with that question before. None of us is immune to it, especially when it hits home. I've asked myself this question even last night in the recent events of a tragic situation that took place. Why do good people suffer? Why do God's people suffer? What place is the design of suffering meant to fill in God's plan? for our lives. And in my own ministry experience through the years, confusion about this subject has led to spiritual discouragement and spiritual defeat in the lives of Christians. There are some Christians that are sidelined right now. They're not in the game because of some suffering that they endured and they couldn't reconcile in their mind, if I am a child of God, then why did this happen? If God really loves me, then why did this happen in my life. And it becomes a dilemma with Christians at certain times in their lives, and it doesn't have to be, but it does. And I'm convinced that since you and I are going to face suffering of one degree or another, that we have to have some basic truths concerning this problem of suffering. Problem of suffering is a broad one. It's not a narrow problem. It's vast. It's broad. And so in order to narrow it down a little bit, I'm going to begin with the two kinds of suffering 
that I believe are out there, deserved suffering and undeserved suffering. By deserved suffering, I'm talking about those sufferings we experience because we have violated some law. It could be the consequences for violating state laws. People who violate state laws find themselves incarcerated, find themselves paying fines, find themselves in situations of deep suffering such as traffic school. It could be the consequences of violating natural laws when somebody decides to take their life and spring off a 10-story building. They find that the gravity, the law of gravity, is certainly going to bring consequences on their life. It could be the consequence of violating health laws, even though the doctor has warned certain people to stay away from certain kinds of food. They continue to eat the same kinds of food and drink the same kind of stuff and they find themselves struggling with health issues. The expected outcome is there. People that continue to smoke will ultimately, or a good probability, end up with lung cancer. And so we understand that. It could be the consequences for violating moral laws. Some people violate moral laws, and the consequences come upon them, even though the warnings are there in Scripture, and even though... God has told them not to do that. They've chosen to go down a certain path. And because of their moral choices, they reap the consequences. And I don't think any of us today has a problem with deserved suffering. We understand the principle of retribution. We understand that if we do certain things, there are going to be consequences for those certain actions. That's really not the problem. The problem is undeserved suffering. And by undeserved suffering, I'm talking about suffering that is not a direct result of anything you did. There was no gross violation of the laws of heaven or on earth. It could be due to the actions of somebody else. There's people that have worked all their lives and in their golden years, they have entrusted their retirement to certain people who turned out to be scam artists and they end up losing everything. There was a show on things like this called American Greed, where it was one scam artist after another just bilking people out of their life savings and their nest egg. There's people who are suffering today as a consequence of the actions of somebody else, maybe drunk driving, and a drunk driver hit them, and there was an accident that took place that leaves them or the family in the area of suffering deeply. Suffering could come sometimes without any rhyme or reason. There's people that follow all the rules of taking care of their health. They eat the right things. They do things like liver cleanses and they eat plenty of antioxidants and vitamins and things like that. They do all the exercises. They take care of their physical body and then all of a sudden they go to the doctor and they find out that they have some form of cancer. And then you've got other guys that seem to be violating all those laws and you know slamming down double cheeseburgers and things like that and nothing happens to them. They can eat quesadilla after quesadilla. So sometimes we come across this suffering and it just doesn't make sense, especially undeserved suffering where you're doing all the right things. Now, for our purposes, to bring a little more focus to the problem, I'm going to narrow it down to two kinds of people that experience 
undeserved sufferings. Undeserved sufferings. There's two kinds of people that experience these. There's the innocent people, and then there's the good people for our definitions today. The innocent people, these would be the people that are not really consciously engaged in doing the will of God. They're passive, but yet they still experience some suffering in their life that's not due to anything that they've done. For instance, a child playing out in their front yard may get run down and lose their life, and the family goes through suffering as a result of that. Or just coming back from Thailand, there's people in Burma who the man is working in the rice paddy all day long. He lives in a village. And at night, the military could come in with guns and just gun down their entire family. Or the parents and the children end up running through the jungles and end up in orphanages in Thailand. So the good people are really people that may not actively be seeking God's will, but they're not out there violating all these gross laws, grossly violating laws and things that you would expect suffering to come upon, that they're really a good person, but they've done nothing wrong to go through what they're going through. But then there's the good people. And by good people, I'm speaking about those who are consciously and purposely engaged in doing God's will. And precisely because they're actively involved in doing God's will, they experience pain and suffering. Jesus was always in the perfect will of the Father. He never was out of the will of the Father. He was steadfast in fulfilling the plans and purposes that He had on earth. And there was never a time where He violated that. He was sinless. He was perfect. And yet he suffered more than anybody on the face of this planet. He not only suffered the horrors of the crucifixion, the ridicule and the humility that went along with that, but he also suffered the wrath of God for our sins. So there was the perfect, the righteous one who suffered more than anyone who ever walked the face of this planet. And really, when you look at this, when you look at good people, those who are seeking God's will and seeking to fulfill His will and they're actively pursuing the will of God, it actually is a direct antithesis of deserved suffering because instead of violating some law of God, they are seeking to do the will of God. And for their efforts, they experience the pain and suffering. And even in some cases, they experience death. At the leadership conference we held in Thailand, we had opportunity to meet with the pastors that came from different areas. It was really the first time that we were able, had the opportunity to sit down with them and really hear their heart. And there were pastors that came down from Burma, there were pastors that came down from Laos, and we were able to hear the heart from both of them. But the first group we met with was the pastors from Laos, and, you know, it happened after an all-day teaching conference. You're wiped out. You're tired. All you want to do is go to bed. Your brain's fried. And so you're looking forward to hitting the pillow. And then Supakit, the ministry leader, comes up to me on my way to our sleeping quarters, said, hey, do you have time to meet with the pastors from Laos? And what are you going to say at that time? <laughs> you know, 
I'm dead, I'm tired, no, you know, and you're, you're thinking inside, oh no, you know, gosh, I don't know if I can keep my eyes open. Anyway, we sat down, the first pastor began to share his testimony, and it was like throwing a bucket of cold water in my face. He said that he had never heard of Jesus Christ before in his life. He had never heard the name Jesus before in his life. He was from a remote village in Burma, which was primarily Buddhist, and they're into animism, uh, meaning that everything's spirits, trees, rocks, all that kind of stuff. And so he said that he had a vision, that the Lord appeared to him in a vision. Now, for you that don't know, this is actually a common experience in the Muslim world, where the Lord is appearing to Muslims, and he's telling them to go talk to a Christian pastor, and then the Christian pastor ends up leading them to the Lord. It isn't one or two cases, and it isn't a rare case. This is actually happening quite frequently right now, and there's constant articles being written about it. Well, this guy was from Laos, and he's in bed one night, and he has this vision, and the Lord appears to him. He wasn't told to go to a pastor or anything. The Lord explained in the vision who he was and who he was and through all of that this guy placed his faith in Jesus Christ after he placed his faith in Jesus Christ and he was born again he went to his mother and shared with his mother the good news she beat him with a spoon and spit in his face he then began to share his faith. Nothing was going to stop him because he was truly born again. He began to share his faith in the village. He was then arrested for sharing about Jesus in the village. They arrested him, they put him in prison, and they bound his hands and feet for 30 days. During those 30 days, they would come to him and they say, I want you to renounce what you've said concerning Jesus and if you do that, we will release you. Day after day, they came to him. They even tried to starve him at times. But he refused to renounce Christ. So after 30 days, they released him from the prison. He then began to study the scriptures, ultimately becoming a pastor. And the village that he lives in is about 230 people. And he so far has baptized 60 people in that village. Now... Now, there was a man who was actively seeking God's will. Once he placed his faith and trust in Jesus Christ, he began to share his faith. Nothing backed him down, but as a result of him actively pursuing the will of God in his life, he faced suffering. And that is a common thing across seas. Some of them even die. And you and I would look at that and we would say it is undeserved suffering, that they're not violating any state laws. They're not harming any humans. But all they're doing is pursuing the will of God, and yet they're suffering because of that. This is what I'm defining as good people, not the innocent people that aren't seeking God's will, but I'm narrowing it down now to the good people who are actively seeking God's will. And this is what the New Testament teaches us over and over again. In fact, the book of 1 Peter in the New Testament is a book that has primarily two themes that run neck and neck through it. One is suffering, and the other one is hope. Suffering and hope. But it is also a book 
where it inspires the believers who are under persecution at the time. But anyway, these two themes walk through together holding hands. Suffering and hope usually don't go together. In fact, suffering and hope can only go together when you're serving God. Only God can allow those two things to intersect and to cross in the heart of a believer. True hope comes in your faith in Jesus Christ regardless of the suffering that you're enduring, even if it's undeserved suffering. And so in 1 Peter chapter 2, in verses 18 to 21, it says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14 says, But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ, the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. I hate to say it, but most Christians will back down if it means suffering for their faith. There are many who retract, even in our culture, there's cultural issues we deal with and for a lot of Christians they say you know I'm not going to suffer rejection I'm not going to suffer this and I'm not going to suffer that I would rather just back down and keep my mouth shut but if you understand what the scriptures teach there's going to be times where we suffer even as a good person unjustly and if we can understand the suffering of a good person a little bit more then we can gain some insight into the problem of undeserved suffering even more. And it is for this reason that we are looking at Psalm 44 this morning. What an introduction. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm not going to cover the whole psalm. I'm going to skip over some of it, just giving you a flyby. But Psalm 44 is the lament of good people who are suffering. Psalm 44 is the lament of good people who are suffering. The background of the text is the armies of Israel have gone out into holy war to fight the battles of the Lord, and instead of achieving a victory, they suffer a humiliating defeat. And having suffered that defeat, the king and the people go back to the temple and they pour out their complaint before the Lord. Now you get a feel for their lament in verse 22 because it, the Apostle Paul quotes it in his own experience in Romans chapter 8. But verse 22 says, Yet for your sake we are killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. So the structure of this psalm is interesting as you probably picked up as we read through it. 
And that's, I'm just briefly going to talk about the structure and the content of the psalm because it falls into four parts. First of all, it begins with a word of confidence. We see this in verses 1 through 8. There's a word of confidence. They find their confidence in God's past faithfulness to their fathers. Look at verses 1 through 3. Thanks for tuning in for Love, Live, Lead, the broadcast ministry of Christ Community Church of Imperial Valley. Christ Community Church has campuses in El Centro, Calexico, and Brawley with services in English and in Spanish. Your kids are going to love our kids' church. Plus, we have a lively youth ministry and young adults group. You're welcome to call the church office at 760-337-9400 with your questions. Or leave us a message on the Christ Community Church IV mobile app, the cccivy.org website, or direct message us on social media. We are really looking forward to meeting you. So again, the website is www.cccivy.org or call 760-337-9400 so we can plan your visit.